0: This is the Horse Radio Network. I'm Glenn the Geek. And I'm Samantha Clark
1: from the 2010 Radio Show.
0: We are interrupting your regularly scheduled program, uh, which will be back here in just a minute or two after Samantha and I tell you about something we're very excited about that the Horse Radio Network is participating in. And that is the first ever Para Webathon to help raise money for the Para Equestrian team attending the World Equestrian Games this year. Well, Samantha, as you know, we are. We are very involved in the World Equestrian Games, and we love the para-athletes that are attending the Games.
1: We do, and this is the first year, this is the first time that they'll be riding alongside the able-bodied athletes, and we'll have eight disciplines all together, and we want to help them, we want to help them come here, we want to help fund them, they don't get much help, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to alleviate that.
0: And we're doing that with a telethon, a Jerry Lewis-type telethon that we're doing on June the 8th, it's a Tuesday evening, June the 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be a video telethon where we'll have many of the para-athletes that are going to be attending the games or flying in here to Lexington to join us in the All Tech TV studio. So this will be broadcast live through many, many websites across the Internet. You can find it, though, at horseradionetwork.com. It'll be right on the homepage there from 7 to 9 p.m. And we encourage you to watch. We're going to be telling the stories of some of these tremendous athletes. Tell us who's going to be here.
1: Well, I will be co-hosting it with our spotlight rider from the 2010 radio show, Susan Trebus. She's a para-equestrian rider, and she is hoping to be selected and ride at the World Equestrian Games this year. We also have the team coach, Missy Ranshausen, coming in. We also have the three-times national para-equestrian champion, Becca Hart, coming in, as well as Hope Hand, who's the president of the association And we have um, a number of guests calling in, some special guests that will keep as a surprise. And uh, we encourage everyone to call in and donate and to watch. And and I think the general consensus is that most people are just inspired and humbled and and honored to be involved, which I am too.
0: And when you hear the stories of what what these athletes, Olympic-level athletes, have overcome to get to where they are, it's just amazing. And we're hoping to tell those stories on tuesday night june the 8th from 7 to 9 p.m we want you to join us we would encourage you to donate whether it's five dollars ten dollars whatever it is we'll have a phone bank set up thanks to the help of the good folks over at all tech and we'll be we'll be doing it like jerry lewis like which means that uh, <laughs> samantha will be singing and we will dancing. not
1: be singing and dancing Glenn. <laughs> but we will be we'll be talking and chatting and and sharing stories like you said and um It'll be fantastic. Please join us.
0: First ever, let's make it a success. June the 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. Go to horseradionetwork.com to watch it. We'd be happy to have you join us.
2: This is episode 54 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They offer supplements designed to give you the most value for your dollars. Visit them at kppusa.com. On the show this week, 17-year-old young rider Haley Patterson and paraquestrian athlete Mary Jordan.
3: Paxton is one of two horses I'm taking to the U.S. selection trials. And she's a very dear one to me because she's the first horse I ever bred, raised, and trained myself. She was literally born in my lap.
2: This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky.
3: And I'm Mary Lordson in Harvard, Massachusetts, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Hi Mary. Hi, Chris. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. And, and I know you had a competition last weekend. and So good experience all around?
3: Yes. I, um, I had one just this past weekend. I competed at the um, CDI Allentown show in Allentown, New Jersey. And uh, I can honestly say there was a lot of ups and downs over the weekend. Um, but overall, I was very pleased with, with, the, uh, with the show.
2: Well, good for you. So uh, you're really consolidating now. You've got uh, how many horses are you competing with now?
3: Just how many am I competing? Yes. Just I'm just competing Ignall this year. Um, really putting all of my focus onto him, and uh, in my pursuit of the uh, young rider team and uh, the USCF nationals. So it's just me and Rosie out there.
2: Excellent. Well, it's nice to be able to just focus on one horse. I'm sure.
3: It's- it is I, I definitely appreciate it, and the bond between us is just getting greater and greater because of it so i'm very I'm very happy with that situation Good for
2: you good for you and have you been doing any modeling since we last spoke
3: let's see uh, since we last spoke I haven't only because I've had two shows. I had one this this past weekend and the one before so really all my focus has been in the competition arena but i i will have some events that i'll be doing um shortly i have a, a mini break right now between competitions and i hope to do some more modeling work um, between now and then
2: terrific well good for you now, yeah. i know i follow you on twitter so you you, you you're, you're getting around the i know by by what you do on twitter you're you're a very active new media girl aren't you
3: I am I have to say I'm a Twitter addict and Facebook <laughs> and just everything else out there I, I especially I think having the iPhone you just you feel completely attached to the internet world it's it's a good and bad
2: <laughs> yes certainly it has its pros and cons I know but ta- yeah. talking about uh, young people on the show here we, we, we you've got a great guest this week tell us about your friend
3: uh, we have my friend Haley Patterson, who I met actually down in Florida this past winter. I boarded Rosie at her beautiful facility in White Fences of Waxahachie, and um, I became very close with Haley, and uh, she is... A really incredible equestrian. Um, she juggles both dressage at a very high level. She's competing in the FEI junior um, classes at this time. And she also is one of the um, top young barrel racers in the nation. So she, she's got a lot going on and is incredibly interesting and dedicated to both of her horses, her dressage horses and her barrel racing horses.
2: Wonderful. We'll look forward to uh, hearing from her a little bit later on the show. And I was able to catch up with uh, one of our para-athlete friends, uh, Mary Jordan. You know, she is uh, uh, obviously looking for a place on the WEG team at the World Equestrian Games this year. So uh, working for a qualifying score. She's got her qualifying scores now. And uh, she took a trip up to Canada this past weekend to compete in a competition up there with some other American riders. I think they had a team and individual competition. So we're going to catch up with Mary a little bit later on in the show and hear about that trip and also her road to WEG. Looking forward to that conversation, with sharing that with you a little bit later on in the show. But we have just a couple of items of news, Mary, this this week. And one of those comes from uh, from uh, over in Europe. And our friend Anki van Grunstven, she's just announced that she's withdrawing from contention for a place on the Dutch team for the World Equestrian Mm. Games. You know, she has two horses, Salinero and Painted Black, and she feels that both of them are just a little bit off. They're not really... Where they need to be at this uh, stage in the game. So she yeah. has with- withdrawn herself from contention then. And that, uh, you know, that's quite a significant withdrawal for the Dutch team. I know they have a lot of good riders on that team there, but Anki's been part of the Dutch team now for so long, it would be strange uh, to see that team without her.
3: It sure will be. And I mean, she is such a strong competitor, and it, it is a shame and shocking that she won't be at these World Equestrian Games here in the U.S. Um, but I have to say that I, I definitely um, admire her for looking out for her horses' welfare first. I mean, that's that's definitely something to admire, um, and you know that she's really wants to step step back and make sure her horses are back to top form before taking them back out in the competition arena
2: yes absolutely and and, as you know we we always put our horses first, and I think that that uh, demonstrates that even when you 're at the top of the game and when there are world medals at stake, uh, you still have to put uh, your horses first and you know what uh, we we 're talking to someone a little bit later on in the show mary who who mixes Western and English, and of course Anki's doing that very successfully too <laughs> That's so well right. well she you know she, I follow her on Twitter, and she was very pointed in her comment on Twitter that she is withdrawing from the dressage. Uh, yeah contention but she didn't yeah. say anything about raining, did she
3: i noticed that i was thinking the same thing i'm wondering if she's going to surprise us now and say i'm coming after all but i'm going to be <laughs> with my raining horse
2: <laughs> <laughs> well good luck to her and and of course with uh, salinero and painted black getting them back on the road later in the season and we'll keep you posted uh, when she does get back into competition with them. And, and we will, of course, bring you the news if we hear, either, well, Mary and I, we both follow her on Twitter, um, if we hear that uh, she's going to be in the running for a place on the reigning team to represent the Netherlands here at the World Equestrian Games, that would be a lot of fun. And I think she would be making history, wouldn't she, Mary? Oh, she sure would be. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Well, we have just one more item of news, and that uh, concerns our riders, US riders who are heading to Europe. They have two shows on their itinerary, the Fritzen Schlindhoff CDI 4-star in Austria at the end of June, and then, of course, Aachen, Germany, with the CDI 05-star and the CDI 4-star, which takes place in the middle of August, and we've got uh, a few riders going there. That's Todd Fletrick with Otto, Susan Dutter with Currency DC, Chris Hickey with uh, Douglas Hilltop, Catherine Bates on, on her new ride, Narten, Tania Konyat on Collecto and Gunter Seidel on U2, as well as, of course, our friend, our co-host here on the Dressage Radio Show, Catherine Dedat, who's already based in Europe, of course. She's in Vector, Germany, and she's going to be campaigning with the U.S. flag on Cadillac. So good luck to all our riders that are heading over there. Uh, obviously, important international mileage for them, Mary, as they campaign for a place on the World Equestrian Games team.
3: Yes, and it's it's great to see them making that huge effort going over there and competing. It, it sounds like we've got a very strong lineup of riders.
2: Yeah, a wonderful experience for them. So we wish them all well as they set off across the pond. Well, we're going to take a short break here, Mary, to hear from our friends at Kentucky Performance Products. And then we, when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, your guest on our Young Rider segment. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a second.
0: Regular listeners to the show know that we love Kentucky Performance Products. And that's an easy thing to do because Kentucky Performance Products stand behind their products and they believe in them. Your complete satisfaction is guaranteed. If you are unsatisfied with any of their products, they will gladly refund your money. Does your horse or pony get fat on air alone? Is he living in a dry lot or turned out with a muzzle? Can't feed him more than a handful of grain and some hay? Then you need Microphase. Microphase is a great way to ensure your horse or pony gets all of the nutrients he needs to stay healthy without adding calories to his diet. Microphase contains the vitamins and trace minerals not found in grass or hay, and your horse will eat it right out of your hand. You can learn more about Microphase and all of the products from Kentucky Performance Products, by visiting kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Check out Microphase.
2: Well, uh, thanks again to all our friends over there at Kentucky Performance Products and their support of the show here and making this possible. Well, Mary, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Haley Patterson's a good friend of yours. She hails from Southwest Ohio, and she's of, of your vintage, should we say, about your age?
3: Yes, she is. Well, I'm 21. She's 17. Okay. So a few years different, but we're close. Okay. You're still
2: both under 25, you know, from where I'm looking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us about Haley.
3: Well, Haley, like I mentioned before, she, we met down in Florida. Um, she is a junior rider doing the FEI Junior um, classes with her horse, Hollywood. And um, she is also not only busy competing in dressage, but is also seeking national titles in the barrel racing world. Um, so it's, we're looking forward to hearing from her, and I, we have a great interview. Hi, Haley. Welcome, and thank you for coming on the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you, Mary, for having me. Of course. Oh, it's so great to have you on the show. You're a very different dressage young rider that we're having today, <laughs> given the complete different background that you have, um, having done both barrel racing and dressage for how many years now? About 12. 12 years, okay. And how old are you today? I'm 17 right now. Great. Now, Haley, I want to ask you: What was your first encounter with horses? When did you catch this horse bug? Um, when I was born, I was <laughs> with the horses twenty-four-seven. And you've mentioned that your mother she was your the biggest influence when it comes to horses in your yes. life. She actually played polo when I was eight months along. So I've I've been there from the very beginning. <laughs> Wow, so you have a. Uh, polo, yeah. barrel raising, and dressage in your life. Yes. A true equestrian. That's incredible. <laughs> now, of course, I've got to ask you what comes first, barrels or dressage? Um, dressage. Does it? Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. When yeah, I'm sometimes. having a good weekend, on dressage, yeah. it comes first. Otherwise, if I'm having a bad weekend, I always retreat to barrels. <laughs> no, why is that? <laughs> um, because I don't have a judge. It's just a timer. I don't have to worry about anybody's opinion, just to clock. Yeah. So it's a good way to get to get out some angst, I'm sure, and you're just there yes. yourself. You're not thinking about someone else's opinion. It's definitely exactly. a different I can imagine it's a completely different state of mind that you have for it's either completely different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to really worry about the people, you don't have to worry about the judges, it's just you, the horse, and a pattern. And that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is that's really neat. Now do you feel that your dressage riding supplements your barrel racing or vice versa? Does the barrel racing ever help you with your dressage riding? <laughs> Barrels never help me with dressage. It is it's quite the hassle to put that aside and focus on dressage just because mm totally different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dressage doesn't help me in barrels either. So <laughs> well, <because laughs> Positioning is completely different. And like we said, the state of mind yeah. as well. Now, can you tell yeah. us about the horses that you have right right now in your stable? Right now, I have um, my, well, I have eight, but I only and focus on the important ones. <laughs> um, I have my junior horse, which is Hollywood or Never Say Never. And he's a Dutch warm blood, and I acquired him for free as a gift. And he is my BF. I love him to death. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I have two Arabs. One that's my old man. That's my backup. He's got me three national titles. And then Mm. I have a young Arab that has um, taught me a lot in the way of dressage, basically just because he's been such a handful. Mm. And then – of course, I have my barrel horses, but I won't go into that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you love them just as much, I'm sure. I love them just as much. <laughs> so then, tell us, uh, what are you doing this year? What are your goals in the dressage world? that is your AI junior horse. Um, this summer. Um, well, I was. I am trying to make it to Gladstone. I'm not doing the team for young riders because basically the junior team is the same time as the Youth World Championships for barrel racing. Mm. So I've opted to go for $500,000 versus the Dressage Team medal. But I am shooting for Gladstone. I don't blame you for going after that $500,000. That sounds uh, pretty tempting. (laughs) 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 Yes. (laughs) So you've been doing a lot of competing already this summer in in your pursuit for the USCF Nationals then? I've only been to two shows. I mm-hmm. just got back from one last weekend, and um, the judges were pretty tough, but it was good to get a little bit of fire underneath my belt that I need for the qualifying for Gladstone, so. Sure. Now, what age did you begin competing? Um, when I was 10. Wow. And did, was it in the dressage or in the barrels that you first started actually going out into the show ring? Oh, when I started? Oh, no, no. I was, um, I was, I was, when I first started competing. Yeah. How old? That was, that was two. I was two. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. I'm two years old. Were you doing lead? Black cloud. I had. I started out in lead line, and then by the time I was four, um, I was showing my pony in like wow. displeasure classes. And then mm-hmm. by the time I was six, I had a quarter horse, and I was doing western pleasure. Uh huh. And then also when I was six. I had outgrew my pony, so I was driving her in driving classes. So, yep. Wow! So you really, <laughs> I am seriously amazed just hearing <laughs> all of the different horses that you've sat on and the, all the different disciplines that you've taken part in. It's just, it's really, really incredible. Um, yep. So now I'd like to ask you, who is your equestrian idol and why? And it could be someone that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be dressage or barrels. It could just be any any person in the equestrian world that you idolize well i have to say i am a true at heart Stefan stalker i love my <laughs> stephen peter <laughs> oh my gosh he is my idol i love him to death and yeah that's that's, that's him <laughs> yeah yeah and why what about him that do you value the most that you look up to him for the most have you met him have you worked with him at all Oh, no, no, I've never met him. I've just, you know, stalked him from from afar. Watched from afar. Yeah. Well, he is definitely someone to idolize. I I can't blame you for that. Now, another question that I'd love to ask you, and this is a question that I I want to ask every young rider that comes on to the Young Rider segment here on the Dressage Radio Show, is um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to other young riders pursuing the sport of dressage? And it could be anything. It could be in the saddle, out of the saddle, just one solid piece of advice. That's, that's really hard. Um, well, let me pull from my memory bank of quotes. <laughs> um, I guess just never to give up because even though you get hit down so many times, it just seems like you're never, ever, ever going to make it because I know I've been doing it for that long. And I've I've ridden a lot of different breeds and, I have never really scored that high, but just never, ever give up because the more harder you try, the more harder you want it, the more, I mean, the more it'll mean when you get it. When you receive it, you're yeah. more ecstatic than you could ever be. Yeah, well, that's a wonderful piece of advice. Thank you for that. And it definitely is true as we find out with horses, there's so many ups and downs and it can be very tough, yeah. but it's also incredibly rewarding when things work for the better Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show. We'd love to have you back. And, of course, um, you know, find out how everything goes in your pursuit for the the Nationals and also uh, perhaps add you to our um, other radio show here on the Horse Radio (laughs) Network, the Western side, so we could hear even more about your barrel raising, which is just so interesting. We'd love to have you back. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course.
2: Well that was great to hear from her and, and and what a competitive young lady being able to balance both those disciplines i mean what extremes mary
3: it really for- is and and i i just can't i just Really find it amazing that she can throw up completely different mindsets. You know, the strict discipline of the dressage world, and then just that really go out and get them, uh, racing, adrenaline-filled sport of barrel racing. It's just it's really incredible that she's able to do both.
2: It really is. Well, we wish her the very best of luck. And, uh, and as you said uh, there, we're going to have to have her on the Western radio show as well so she can talk barrel racing to our friends over there on the Western show.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
2: And it'd be very interesting to tune into that and hear what she says about the dressage world.
3: <laughs> i know i'd
2: be a little scared <laughs> all right well great thank you so much for bringing that to us mary that was fun to hear from from hayley and we wish her the very best of luck well we're going to take a another break here to hear from our friend uh glenn the geek at the horse radio network and when we come back we'll share a conversation i had with mary jordan
0: Glenn the Geek here, and we get many emails every week from people who really like the shows, and they ask how they can help support the Horse Radio Network. Well, you already do that by listening to the shows and by buying from all of our fantastic sponsors. And now you can add to that by supporting us directly and very easily. The next time you need something from Amazon, just go to any of our websites and click on the Amazon banner in the middle of the page. Then go on and buy your Amazon items. It won't cost you a penny more, just an extra click. But Amazon gives us a little bit back just because you clicked on the banner. Tell your family and friends to do the same thing. Every little bit helps us to keep giving you the quality equestrian programming that you have come to love. Thanks for listening.
2: Well Mary Jordan Mary is as I mentioned she's a para athlete who had a previous career in eventing she was very successful as an event rider and then yeah. contracted multiple sclerosis and after that diagnosis she picked up the reins in the dressage arena very successfully and I caught up with her she was heading she was driving back down from Canada she'd been up last weekend to a competition with some friends uh, some other american riders who took part in a a para equestrian competition there north of the border and so i was able to distract her for a few minutes while she was driving back down and i wanted to share this conversation with you because mary is also going to be joining us uh, at the para webathon that uh, the horse radio network is hosting next week so a great opportunity to catch up with mary so let's hear what she has to say mary hi welcome to the dressage radio show thanks for joining us
3: thank you very much for asking me it's a pleasure
2: well, we've caught you at a compromising moment, haven't you? <laughs> because you've just had an adventure up into Canada, and uh, you're on your way back, I believe.
3: Yes, I competed at the Cara Dressage CPDI 3-star in Ashburn, Ontario.
2: And, and how was that? You just took the one horse up, did you?
3: Yes, I took uh, one of the horses I'm riding in the U.S. selection trials up to compete uh, in Ashburn, uh, Paxton Abbey.
2: And how, how was the whole weekend? How did it go for you as an individual? And I believe you had team competition too.
3: It was a very exciting weekend. It was uh, We did have a team competition, and it was uh, an honor to be part of Team USA. I competed with Becca Hart and Elizabeth Piggott and Aaron Alberta for the Paras, and we brought home a silver medal.
2: Well, congratulations. So a, a very successful all, uh, weekend then.
3: Yes, it was great.
2: And so how does this fit into your schedule then, Mary? Um, Because you already had qualifying scores, didn't you, before you did this trip?
3: Yes, um, I earned my qualifying scores at a four-star para competition at the European Championships last August in Christensen, Norway. And I was really looking for an opportunity to, again, compete at the highest international level possible, Uh, and so... Canada was close, and and it was uh, in advance of the um, U.S. selection trial. So I wanted to get, you know, back in the mindset of riding in front of international judges at the highest level of competition possible. And the Canadian officials said that this was uh, the largest competition that they've had in North America. for There were several... Uh, riders and countries represented there. So it had a great feel and flavor to it.
2: Some great exposure for you. And as you mentioned, uh, Canada was close by because you're based up in Maine, I believe.
3: Yes, I, I reside in Wells, Maine, which is coastal southern Maine. And the trip itself was still 14 hours for me, crossing the border into Canada at Niagara Falls. So
2: tell us a little bit about your horse, Mary, and he's going to be your partner, um, obviously, for the selection trials and for uh, your ticket to WEG.
3: Yes. um, This has been an incredible journey uh, with my horse, Paxton. Uh, Paxton is one of two horses I'm taking to the U.S. selection trials, and she's a very dear one to me because she's the first horse I ever bred, raised, and trained myself. She was literally born in my lap. 12 years ago and it's just been an incredible journey to take this horse from birth to competing at an FBI level in an international competition. Uh, It's just been absolutely incredible and she's she's such a competitive horse. She tries so hard and it's just a pleasure to ride. It's, It's just been a dream come true to bring her along myself. That
2: must be. What? How did you get started in para equestrian? Did Did you always, uh, were you always around horses? Is this, is this just a natural progression for you, Mary?
3: It was an unexpected progression, actually, to compete as a para. Um, I've been a lifelong equestrian uh, growing up in New York State, and I've competed in dressage and three-day eventing my entire life. And actually, with this horse, Paxton, um, I competed her both in dressage, and I also evented um, her to, to some fairly high levels and she was the U.S. Equestrian Association's Horse of the Year in 2007 uh, at, at training level. Uh, what happened, however, along the way is that eight years ago, I became the third person in my family diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I, I started experiencing some numbness and tingling in my hands and my feet and it progressed. And with the family history and having, you know, taken care of my father for most of my uh, young life, um, I knew what the symptoms were, and I immediately went to the the doctor's office. And I know what MS is um, with my dad and my sister and myself. And my dad was a worst-case scenario for MS. I never saw my father stand or walk, and he was a quadriplegic and I was extremely fearful when I was diagnosed and I did everything in my power to stay as healthy as possible uh, thankfully with the advent of, of new medications on the market uh, I, I've been improving uh... however um, I learned about paraequestrian sports uh, through a friend of mine on team cocaxone uh, who is an international para triathlete, David Kyle and he encouraged me to get involved and so it was a little over a year ago that i got classified and a month after my classification i did my first competition with paxton and a month after that i rode in my first u.s national championship in paradressage. dressage and in a whirlwind tour three months later i found myself overseas training in holland and germany and riding in the European Championships in Norway. So it's been an unexpected fast track uh, progression in para sports.
2: (laughs) It certainly has, and I believe you're a grade four rider, is that correct?
3: Yes, I compete as a grade four
2: and so t- tell us a little bit now about what your um, schedule will be as you, as you prepare for the World Equestrian well, Games. You're obviously preparing now for the World Equestrian Games. So what would your summer look like to try and get on the team now, Mary?
3: Well, I'm doing uh, everything in my power to be as prepared as possible. And this competition in Can- Canada was the start of that, getting back in an national mindset, uh, to hone my riding skills and my horse's skills, and, and it really motivated me to ride and train even harder. So what I am doing uh, with this competition under Paxton's belt, um, I am this, later this week I'm flying out to Kansas City uh, to meet up with uh, the other horse I'm riding, Brigadier, uh, who is being generously donated to me by uh, a woman named Dina Smith, out in Kansas City, and um, I'm going to compete, his nickname is Buford, um, at a show out in the Midwest this coming weekend. Then I will come back to Maine and continue working with Paxton and take her to another New England show in um, Connecticut. And from there, we're bringing both horses to Chicago, and I'll have some time to, to train and be with both. Uh, before the U.S. selection trials, And each horse is a very unique horse. It has, They both have wonderful qualities and wonderful personalities and athletic abilities. And so I'm going to give the judges and the selectors two views of what they might be able to see with my riding. And depending on which horse, um, I will continue to prepare and train both horses so they'll both be primed and ready to go and if i'm blessed enough to be able to represent my country in one of those 10 squads for the world equestrian games uh, i will be ready
2: well it sounds as if you have a distinct advantage having been a successful competitor Uh, before your disability uh, became obvious, Mary, with with eventing and obviously the dressage that's involved with that sport. uh, Do do you feel that gives you a competitive edge now in pure dressage?
3: I think it really helps uh, because, um, again, I've been competing in dressage and eventing uh, since I was 12 years old um, at regional and national levels. And some of the eventing uh, championships that I've been to with Paxton, uh, one in particular, uh, the championship class had 72 competitors from all across the country in one class. And so you kind of learned to deal with a lot of people who want the same thing as you do uh, in big lambs that are all there for a reason and have a thirst for competition. and I think I learned that every point counts and that you can never ever give up on your on your dream and your goal to do it as well as possible and with eventing because it's three phases it's never over until it's over so you really fight for every point and you 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 fight for your score and I, I think the uh, the eventing really taught me that um, So. Uh, it's so it's a little different with the dressage that the the divisions aren't so big, but um, but they're still competitive. So to to go into it and, and really want to push to be the best you can and produce what you can, um, I, I think that's helped with my competitive experience because I've I've now ridden um, in three national championships, the European Championship. Um, and last year I, I did the eventing championship with my young horse, Texas, sister. So I, I really, lo- I always seek to compete at the highest level that I can. And I think that's really helped hone my, my competitive skills.
2: How often do you get to ride now, Mary? Do you ride every day?
3: I ride just about every day. Um, it's been a challenge because I work full-time for Penfield Equine Feed Technologies and um, I work in, you know, with their sales team, so I travel a lot for my job. I also am a motivational speaker for um, MS and with Team Copaxone, so I, I travel around the country to uh, speak to groups of patients and you know, so I work full time uh, with, with that as well. And I have a 13-year-old son, Tristan, in junior high school. And it, it gets it gets pretty busy, um, but I love what I do, and and I think it's important to do what you love, and so I I that keeps me motivated and pushing forward all the time to pack as much as I can into each day, and of course that means riding and training.
2: Well, terrific! Well, it sounds like you surely are motivated there, and uh, we want to wish you the very best of luck, Mary, on this journey. And as you know, the Horse Radio Network here is hosting. A para webathon on Tuesday, June the 8th, between 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern, to raise funds and awareness for the para athletes who are on their journey to the World Equestrian Games. Mary, I, I believe you're going to call in.
3: Um, actually, I will be present at the webathon. Oh, you're going to come over. I've Wonderful. To be there in, in person, um, because this very much is a journey for the sport and for myself as a para athlete and the journey to the leg, and I really hope in all that I do, whether I make the team or not, that that my experience will be to raise awareness about paraequestrian sports and about multiple sclerosis and the significance of never giving up on the dreams that you set for yourself. Absolutely. Because we live in a new day and age of great hope, with our different disabilities and diseases and we have the backing of a lot of science and with all of these advancements athletes can continue to move forward and achieve their dreams Absolutely. and in my experience is one where I can tell people I went from being flat on my back, unable to stand or walk to riding at the highest international level I've ever ridden at, something I didn't foresee it as being possible uh, at the onset of my diagnosis. I hope that that will inspire others to dig, dig down deep and follow their dreams and do the same.
2: It truly is an inspirational uh, story, Mary. We want to wish you the very best of luck. And well, I look forward to meeting you actually next week then uh, as we uh, film the uh, para- webathon that we're hosting at the Old Tech Studios here in kentucky mary it's been a pleasure having you on the show thank you so much and i look forward to meeting you next week
3: it's been a pleasure and thank you so much
2: well we want to wish mary the very best of luck it's it's quite a journey you know it's really coming down to crunch time you know we're only three months away mary from the world equestrian games july august september
3: i know it's going by so quickly It certainly
2: is. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very competitive. It's amazing how many really good para equestrian athletes we have. That could make the team, and I think uh, you know they've it's got, they've got it all to play for. They've got to get their qualifying scores, as we heard, and uh, uh, there's a lot to play for. And, and you know, not only have they got to get their score, they've got to find a horse. Some of them don't have a horse, and we've done our little bit over here on the Horse Radio Network, and our, my friends over on the 2010 Radio Show, Glenn the Geek and Samantha Clark, who host that show, uh, put out a plea to uh, uh, find horses to help those riders uh, get paired up and. Uh, obviously have a shot at the world equestrian games squad so uh, you know it's it's a it's a very different journey for them than it is for able-bodied athletes
3: it, it sure is a difficult journey at that
2: it certainly is well we want to wish them all the very very best of luck and uh, thank you mary again for coming on the show mary i think you've got a very interesting tip of the week and some great advice that we can go organic with our horses just as we do as humans
3: Yes, I do, and, um, I, you know, I also want to mention that um, we should also try to avoid feeding sugars to our horses. Um, so many of us, you know, there's some types of, you know, feeding horses sugar cubes, and for some reason associate horses in sugar cubes, and it's really something that a lot of us are starting to step away from, and I think it's a great a great thing to step away from for ourselves and for our um <clears throat> So... There are uh, many many horse treat companies out there that pride themselves in having natural ingredients that do not contain sugar or high carbohydrate content. Um, but of course, you can always go the traditional route by feeding chopped apples or carrots to your horses, and you know it, it is really worth the additional twenty-five or fifty cents, however much more it may cost to go organic when feeding um, your horses natural. Um, fruits or vegetables, uh, because so many pesticides are pumped onto your everyday uh, apples, apple orchards, and I know this firsthand having lived next to an orchard, and they, they are not an organic orchard, and you would be amazed when you see crabs come through and the amount of pesticides that they spray. And it's, it's, it's a bit horrifying to see, and, you know, it's, so many of us are going for gig for ourselves and trying to be eco-friendly and green and, you know, focus on uh, purchasing local, local food. Um, and I think that we really should start to do the same for our equine friends. And uh, like I said, it's worth the extra, you know, dollar or less to go organic, especially for our carrots and apples. So, you know, I just think it's a great extra step to take um, for the betterment of our horses.
2: That's a great tip, Mary. Thank you very much for that. Um, Of course. um, Mary, you remember last time you were on the show, your, your young rider guest was Isabel Liebler and she has now taken off for Germany. She's already got there to Germany and you know, we got her tweeting, you know, we talked about her <laughs> and she, yeah. and we encouraged her to do that. And she sure enough, she is tweeting and she's blogging too. So I, I think we'll have That's a great. link on our website, um, to Isabel's, uh, blog and uh, because it's quite a long one, Isabel N M L Dog block spot top com. So I'll put a link. That's the easiest <laughs> thing, so you can follow her adventures over there in Germany. And she's gone with those two ponies, as she told us uh, on the show last time. So uh, that that'll be such an adventure for her. When Mary, are you following her on Twitter?
3: I sure am.
2: Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So you retweeting? I'm retweeting as well. <laughs>
3: Yep. Yeah. I know. I have to start retreating for her. <laughs> Get her some more followers, because the more followers, the better.
2: That's right. That's right. We should tell her to um, mention that in her blog, that she, mm-hmm. she, she is now on Twitter. So complete the circle there. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we'll look forward to hearing from her when she gets back from her travels. Well, do you want to
3: remind everybody uh,
2: how to reach us here on the Dressage Radio Show, Mary?
3: Sure. You can find our show notes on the website at com And of course, visit our fan page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio, one word, and Chris E. Stafford, one word. We can also be reached at Chris at Horse Radio com And of course, there's the traditional way of picking up the telephone and you can call 270 803 0025 to give us a ring and talk to Chris Stafford over at Dressage Radio Show.
2: Terrific. And there's you. if you have any comments or questions or suggestions, any, anything for Mary as well, any ideas for Young Rider segment or any uh, comments or questions for Mary, I'll be sure to pass those along here.
3: Yes, I would value your feedback. Absolutely.
2: Sure. Yeah. We always want to hear uh, what you think of the show and uh, we always want to improve it. So don't be shy. Get, uh, get in touch with us all the ways that Mary just mentioned. We're very reachable. Well, I want to thank our sponsors again for making this show possible and also remind you uh, one more time about the ParaWebathon that we'll be hosting at the Horse Radio Network at the Old Tech Studios in uh, Kentucky next Tuesday. That's going to be June the 8th between 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll be two hours on online. We're going to be in, I think, over 25 websites are carrying us, Mary, which is wonderful, apart from, of course, our own websites too at the Horse Radio Network. There's a link on every one of our sites, so you can go to dressageradio.com jumpingradio.com, eventingradio.com, westernradio.com, or just the Horse Radio Network, and uh, tons of them, as I say, are carrying us around the world, so we're just delighted about that. And I know you're going to be phoning in, Mary. I sure will be. And just to remind you all that that ParaWebathon is to raise funds and awareness for the para-athletes on their journey to their first-ever World Equestrian Games, and that will be the first-ever ParaWebathon, too, and something we're really looking forward to hosting. We've got a lot of great guests, Mary. We have uh, several para-equestrian athletes who are going to come into the studio, or they're going to call us, so we'll be talking to them one way or the other. They'll be part of that two-hour special program. And we're also getting a lot of other guests, a lot of uh, really top names in the sport. We're going to be talking to uh, Stefan Peters and Debbie McDonald, to name just a few, and a lot more surprises too. So... Uh, be sure to call in and support that, um, our para-equestrian athletes. The number to call will be on our website. That will be just for that day to call in. And then if you want to donate any other time, you can, of course, go to the US Para-equestrian Association's own website. That's uspea.org, and you can donate there at any time. But we urge you to call in to our Para-webathon next week, June the 8th, between 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern. Well, Mary, that's uh, great fun. I think I really enjoyed the show again with you and uh, your Young Rider segment. And, of course, having Mary Jordan, uh, our para-equestrian, on this week. It's been a great show.
3: Yeah, and thanks again, Chris, for having me on here. I have a great time every time.
2: Good. Well, we appreciate you joining us, and I hope you'll come back again real soon. And of course, I'll be back um, next week. But what what are you going to be doing? Did you say you don't have a competition anytime soon, Mary? You've got a bit of a break now?
3: (laughs) Believe it or not, I have one week off where I don't have a competition, and then it's two more qualifiers and uh, hopefully the Young Rider, uh, the North American Young Rider uh, Championships at the end of July
2: terrific okay well we look forward to seeing you here in kentucky hopefully you'll make that journey down from uh, maine to kentucky uh, for the young rider the north america junior young rider championships which take place in the kentucky horse park we look forward to i look forward to meeting you mary yeah that'd be great nice (laughs) to meet face to face absolutely well thanks again for joining us everybody i'll be back here same place same time next week so until then
3: thanks for listening and remember to practice safe riding by always wearing your helmet